You're listening to The Doctor's Companion, brought to you by InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com. Welcome to uh, the return of uh, the Doctor's Companion. I'm Scott Corelli, and I'm dying, but not. <laughs> but I'll get better. I'm Matt Smith, but not that Matt Smith. <laughs> and we're from MindRobber.net, the home side of MindRobber Productions, where we talk about all of the things on podcasts, like this one, the Doctor's Companion, where we talk about Doctor Who, the Mind Robbers Versus, where we pick a show we love and we talk about episode by episode. We just wrapped up Justice League Unlimited and the DC Animated Universe, and we are about to start Veronica Mars. Uh, so if uh, you're interested in following along with us, uh, looking at Veronica Mars episode by episode um, in the road to the Veronica Mars movie, then you're going to want to check out the Mind Robbers Versus. And then there's our flagship podcast, The Mind Robbers, where we talk about everything else. If you like our shows, review them on iTunes because that helps us out. If you have questions, comments, or concerns, email them to us, podcast at mindrobber.net. And if you want to start a discussion, add it to the comments on the post of this episode on the website so everyone can know what you're thinking. But most importantly, tell your friends. Um, so today, uh, we're back to talk about the time of the doctor, um, which is Matt Smith's final episode as the 11th doctor. And uh, along with a couple of other things, we're going to talk about um, Prisoners of Time, Volume 3, which is the, the third and final volume of that, um, which is the IDW, uh, the IDW uh, comic book series uh, that they've been running all year. So we're going to talk about that. Um, uh, but first, we're going to actually talk about Nothing O'Clock, which is the, um, the, the, the new uh, ebook. Um, the 11th Doctor ebook. We've been talking about all of these. They've been releasing them like once a month. And uh, we're finally at the end of them uh, with The 11th Doctor and Nothing O'Clock, written by Neil Gaiman, of all people. Um, he was on our wish list, I remember. Um, <laughs> our wish list that consisted of two people, and we got one of them. So, hey, <laughs> that's something, right? Yeah. Yes. No? Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm, glad he's, I'm glad he's here. Okay. I'm glad. I'm glad. It was a win. All it was right. a victory. Yeah. So uh, Nothing O'Clock... Um, what I'll say about this, I think that's that's the most unfortunate thing about this ebook is that it's so good. I wish it was just an episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> I really liked it a lot. It was really creepy. Uh, mm-hmm. Like just the idea of like these these people that just wear masks, um, like just like cheap face masks. Uh, it's really creepy. And then the fact that they're all like one person that they just keep, they just keep uh, they they invade a planet by. Um, uh, like one at a time. So like w- you have the one person and then they come in and they buy a house and then they go back in time and then cross their own time stream with a different face mask and then buy another house and then another one and then another one until there's like, you know, billions of them all over a planet. And that's, that's really like, 
that's a really imaginative way to do an invasion story, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and it's, it's really good. I, I, I liked it a lot. I thought it was really good. My, my only complaint with it is that because of the format, um, it just sort of ends, uh, very abruptly. Um, but other than that, I, I really liked it a lot. It was good. Yeah, it's a quick uh, in and out, which is kind of what these uh, uh, novellas have really been doing. And it's not, it's been rare that I've been like, oh, this one should have been longer, but this one should have been longer. And it's funny mm-hmm. because all the ones that I thought were good were the ones that should have been longer <laughs> and the ones that should have <laughs> been episodes. Um, uh, but no, I really love this. I thought that this was really strong, really interesting, really clever, really creepy. Um, mm-hmm. And kind of everything that you'd kind of want from a Doctor Who story, from a Matt Smith story. It has like the sort of hallmarks of his era, um, mm-hmm. both with uh, tons of time travel in a, like you said, a really interesting way. Um, you know, like, cause you're reading it and you're just like, and just like, Oh, this is, this is kind of weird. Like when the first mm-hmm. mask person shows up, you're like, that's bizarre. And that's kind of terrifying. And mm-hmm. then, you look at it more and it's just, and you just keep getting more and more freaked out by it. And then <laughs> it just starts doing really weird things where it's like, for some reason, Neil Gaiman was like, let's just have Margaret Thatcher in this. And it just becomes like <laughs> Margaret Thatcher. And like, it's just, it's interesting how good, I mean, he's really good at prose, um, which I find I forget cause I haven't read a, like, any of his novels. Um, despite owning several and just not having time for it. But, uh, Looking at it, I love the way that it kind of reveals itself. Um, the revelation mm-hmm. of what these creatures kind of look like is really, really well done and how the doctor can slowly start to see through these masks and is not just a mask. It's just a, a poorly drawn sketch on someone's face. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's just, it's just really clever. Um, mm-hmm. and it's a great, I also think, I also think it's really unfortunate that this idea was wasted here because you could have made, you could have made, a whole series out of the idea that there was a time Lord prison. And when the time Lords disappeared or went away, uh, people started breaking out of time Lord prison because there was no one there to stop them. Mm-hmm. And like, you could make a whole series of that, like, uh, you know, like a time Lord prison escapee of the, of the week, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh, easily. It's a and great, yeah, it's, yeah, no, it's a great story engine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that that's um, that's something that I think that he does that's really interesting. I mean, there is there is like I find that sometimes I can grow weary of Doctor Who mythology navel gazing, but this is just an interesting way of doing Doctor Who mythology. This thing from the past coming back is a hallmark of fantasy, and and Gaiman is a fantasy writer, and um, just does it in a really interesting way, in a way that's really creepy, in a way that I don't know, it just feels Moffat. Um, and I mean, we're going to talk a lot about Moffat in a, in a little bit, but I mean, it is this thing where it does feel like the Moffat thing. These are care, these are mm-hmm. monsters that hide in a question, which I find a really fascinating way of doing it. They can only manifest themselves in other times if you ask them what time it is, and they just go, "Oh, snap!" And then we can just manifest el- elsewhere. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, it's really good. He's got the voice down. He's got everything down. I mean, clearly, he's written two stories before this, but like, right. I don't know. It just it just reminds me of like the farther I get from like Nightmare and Silver, the less I like it. Um, and this is much closer to Doctor's Wife than it is to Nightmare and Silver, where it's just like, oh, just put him on the show all the time and don't tell him what to do. Don't tell him he has to do Cybermen. <laughs> like, just let him mm-hmm. do whatever he wants because he's got such an imagination that he really feels like um, like one of those one of the things I love about Robert Holmes 
uh, is that he really, really, really didn't like Doctor Who mythology, despite the fact that he played with Time Lords all the time. Um, and he was always trying to come up with something new and something vicious to, to happen. If you look at his era, there's, you know, there's like one Dalek story and one Cyberman story and one Centauran story, and they're all in the first season. And the rest of the time, he's just kind of coming up with new and interesting things to do. And this is just another example of that. I love when you get a new Doctor Who monster. Um, it's a show that kind of needs to be getting that, and I don't, I find myself growing weary of, like, seeing Daleks over and over again. I like them a lot, but it is this thing where, you know, you can do anything. Come up with something cool, and this is something really cool. Um, and I liked it, and I liked the solution. Um, I like that they just burn a storyline, which is the Doctor going to one second before the universe starts. Um, mm-hmm. And I love that that thing waits because there is no time at the beginning of the universe. Um, it was just really, really, really good. Really memorable and really, mm-hmm. I don't know, special. Um, really special. <laughs> And I think that he has, uh, I mean, uh, for obvious reasons, Neil Gaiman has the voice of the 11th Doctor down um, more than I think any of the writers have gotten their Doctors down. Because uh, the go-to thing with most Doctors is like, okay, what what are they known for? What's their, what's their catchphrase? What's their... What's the thing that they're known for doing all the time? So, And then I'll just do that, and then I can make them say whatever I want around that, and it's fine. Um mm-hmm. It's like the lazy writer's way of writing Doctor Who, typically. Um, whereas Gaiman here, uh, I don't, I don't think the Doctor says any of his catchphrases in this. And it, but he was still the Eleventh Doctor, and he was still really funny. Yeah. Um. Like he, there, there was that that what what he, something about um uh, something about what Dalek means in another language, like. <laughs> Um, in Scaronian or something. Yeah, it's Scaronian, like, like something like like little little crazy death machines or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it just made me laugh. Yeah. Um, yeah, just stuff like that where it's like, oh yeah, that's definitely Matt Smith, and he's definitely never said that before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just it's great. I I really liked it a lot. It was yeah, good, definitely. Um, really memorable, and like all of these have been you know, quite good, even when they weren't on, um, like the second doctor still comes to mind as one that I just really didn't care for. Um, but all of them are just like really, really worth it. Um, like, mm-hmm. cause when this was on, it was on, like, I just remember third doctor, fifth doctor, seventh, nine, 10, and now 11. All of those were great. All of those were just really, really well done and worth the price of admission. Um, and you'll mm-hmm. get a couple of other stories in there too. And it's a great sampler plate and they all seem like really reminiscent of their era. And it was really faithful and loyal and wonderful i'm so glad we read these um yeah me too yeah they're printing uh the whole lot of them in a in a collection like in a book mm-hmm. um so that's that's an option for you guys if you didn't read any of these um another option is that they're they're also doing an audiobook version of the whole set mm-hmm. um which you'll be able to get right so, now uh, right yeah right now well they've started doing them i think they're going backwards so i oh. think the 11th doctors is out and then the 10th doctors is out and i think the rest of them are coming soon um but i think that by the time the book collection comes out there's also going to be an audiobook version of the book collection nice um which with the different readers for each doctor and everything nice so, yeah it's good it's good um, so, uh, so go check that out for sure. Um, I don't know what it's called. It's something like the Puffin Collection. It's got a really boring title. Yeah, 11 Doctors, um, 11 Stories or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like a really generic title. <laughs> um, 
but uh but okay well that's let's let's enough with that i mean let's be honest that's not why people tuned into this to hear us yeah. talk about that yeah. um so uh before we talk about uh about the the real meat of this episode um, I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by DCBService.com. DCBS, it's the site that lets you pre-order all your monthly comic book statues, action figures, anything you get from a local comic book shop. You place your orders uh, two months in advance with monthly discount specials up to 75% off and regular discounts of 40% off. Ship as often as you like with orders as large or small as you like, and you only pay six ninety five in flat rate shipping. So thanks to DCBService.com. Okay, so uh, The Time of the Doctor, written by Stephen Moffat, of course – uh, directed by Jamie Payne, um, and uh, it is the eight eight hundredth episode of Doctor Who. Um, nice, which is, which is pretty. Uh, that's a lot of episodes. <laughs> that's a lot of episodes. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, so the time of the Doctor. Uh, I mean, I don't really even know where to begin. Um, but I will say this. Um, you know, I've watched it twice now, and I really loved it the first time, and I think I liked it even more the second time. Um, it's it's not – what I hear from a lot of people that are complaining about it is they think that it's boring. Um, but personally, like I like that it's just sort of a chilled episode. Like it's not – it's it's – the way I would describe it, it's like the Day of the Doctor was an epic episode. This episode is an epic, like like as a noun the word epic as a noun, um, you know, it takes place over hundreds of years and, you know, you have the doctor aging and everything. And I just, I thought it was really, really kind of beautiful. And I thought that it was a really great, um, ending for the 11th doctor who has always been like kind of a massive over the top doctor. So like having him regenerate while blowing up Dalek ships in the process, like, that's just it's ridiculous but in a way that i feel stays true to the 11th doctor and this whole era um so like i i just like that and like all of the all of the villains and 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 then you have everything where it's like okay look i'm i'm not going to try to say that moffat knew exactly what he was doing this whole time but i do think that he did a really really good job not a great job but a really really good job of taking all of those threads that he had been setting up since 11th hour and really paying all of them off. I mean, all of them except for River Song, but you know, let's not talk about that. You can't win them all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that everything else with like, you know, the uh, silence is falling and the church of the silence and, uh, and, and the, 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 the question for the beginning of the universe and the crack in the universe, all of that stuff. Um, you know, the TARDIS blowing up in the, in the Big Bang, like all of that stuff. He really, I think, did a really good job of faking that he knew what he was doing. Um, cause you can tell that he was definitely scrambling to pull all these threads together, but I think he did it in a really successful manner. Um, at least for me, I found this, this episode immensely satisfying in a way that now that I know the end game of everything, I feel like I'm going to be able to enjoy a lot of this stuff uh, just a little bit more um, than I have in the past. So, like, I can now look back on Matt Smith's era with a level of fondness that I didn't think that I was going to be capable of. Um, because I, I did. I really, really like this a lot. And, I mean, it's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff. I mean, there's – you have the Doctor aging. You have him, like, protecting Trenzalore for years, which I, I actually really did love a lot. Um, 
and you have like all of these all of these uh, villains like kind of attacking Trenzalore, but there's like a reason for it and and uh, you know it's it's i just i felt really satisfied by it so i i liked it a lot i think that as an episode, I think it's a better episode, a better story than the end of time two-parter. Um, I don't know. I can't really compare the two regenerations because they're just so completely different. Um, cause like, I, you know, I still love David Tennant's regeneration, even if the rest of that story is garbage. Um, but I, I do love like the last 20 minutes. And, you know, it doesn't, it, and I don't think that it can really hold a candle to Eccleston's regeneration. Um, just because that episode was just so just massive and awesome um, and fun. But I, for what it, for what it says about the Matt Smith era, about the 11th doctor era and about everything that he and Stephen Moffat have been doing since the beginning, I think that it was immensely satisfying. And I was, I, I left very, very happy um, and sad. Uh, what did you think? Um, yeah, I liked it. Um, I did. I, I, I can't say that I didn't. Um, Unfortunately for me, the reason why it ended up working really just made me kind of look back on the entire era and like re-examine it in a way where it's like, okay, well, now that it's over, it just kind of cements this idea where it's just like, my problem with this, um, very specifically, is that I don't like Moffat's vision of Doctor Who. And it's not that I, and that, even then, that's a misnomer. It's not that I don't like it. It's just that the, the, the vision is not my vision. The vision mm-hmm. is not a vision that I gravitate to or connect with or particularly enjoy. Um, I think that as a finale, as a, as a regeneration and as an ending for this incarnation of the Doctor, I really don't think you could ask for anything better. I really mm-hmm. don't. Um, I think that it does everything that it kind of needs to. I think that it really just kind of pays off what they were kind of doing with this character. Um, my problem, but, but again, my problem is just like, it, this isn't, this isn't my doctor. It's not my version of doctor who that I'm really particularly interested in the themes and motifs that he keeps bring coming back to over and over again are these ideas that Moffat's really interested in. And you know, that's fine. Moffat should be writing the things that he's interested in. It's just that I'm not interested in them. There's this recurring image of children, which I, I know we always bring up. Um, or at least I do, um, where the doctor is this, savior of children and he he is he is this fairy tale um and moffat is very concerned with his own children and with like childhood and what it's like and that works i'm sure that my kids are really going to like this when they eventually get around to watching it and all of the matt smith era but it's not something that i'm particularly interested in or something that has ever really connected with me and and, and at times just feels i i suppose tiresome because it is so reductive um because it is so focused and and esoteric um and i was gonna say narrow-minded but that sounds really offensive um but just like i guess the tunnel vision on that has always been something that has kind of divorced me from this doctor and always really has um uh going back to series five although i think that in series five it is the least pronounced um i think and and that's the reason why i find myself coming away from this just being like yeah, I I don't I don't mind it. Um and I think that it's quite good for him. But because of that, like it ends up this thing where I remember when I started the 11th hour and I watched it, I was just like, "Damn, he's good." Like he is just so good. Um and I still think he's really good. But 
because of what Moffat was doing with the character and because Smith really bought into that and that really kind of shaped the way that he is um, portrayed looking at something like, I don't know, Dr. Widow Wardrobe. I think that that has really colored the way that I look at it and the way that I just feel myself really divorced from this character and how he just could never be one of my favorite doctors, regardless of his performance. Um, and why this, this story, like on rewatch, just like I liked it more. I did. I find that it is really good for Moffat. I can tell that he's really pushing himself to do something really interesting and he has a very particular perspective on this character, what he's trying to do in this in his final story in the same way that Day of the Doctor was really effective because Day of the Doctor comes in with a very specific like I'm going to explore this idea. And this is also very specifically exploring this. Um but it is the sort of thing where it's like this is kind of rare. Um and that makes me sad, but it also just makes this a little bit better and a little bit more special. Um Matt Smith goes out really like a champ. He really couldn't ask for better regeneration. Um in terms of like what he's been doing. Um, but as a thing, like I just, it just makes me look back on it and just like, okay, I'm ready for the next thing. Um, and that's something that I'm never going to be able to get over. And that makes me really sad because it makes me, um, you know, this has been the show for four years. Um, and I'm interested to see if that changes with Capaldi. I don't know if it will. Um, but we'll see. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of where I come out with it. I have a lot of, other interesting thoughts, but I think that like as a story, it's about this guy who grows old um, and who kind of deals with his own mortality and just like the the quiet life of doing it. I agree. I think that that's a really interesting way of doing a regeneration story, one that I hadn't seen before and one that, you know, Davies was really tempted to do. Um, if you go and read The Writer's Tale, like he had this idea for the final story to be, you know, just the doctor and a family in a spaceship and the spaceship was going to crash and he was just going to save the family um and much in the same way that he saved wealth at the end of end of time which is why Mm -hmm. that's probably the best thing and then he decided to go for something that was bigger and splashier because the bbc kind of wanted it and he was just like well i could do this and then still kind of get the smaller moment too um i find that i admire this for its smallness for the Mm -hmm. quiet of christmas um and and the doctor going out like that. And I think that that's a really interesting move and it's a ballsy move and it was the right move. Um, and I've never seen anything a regeneration story like this, which is really nice. Um, mm-hmm. well, and, and, and what's great about it is that we kind of never will see one like this again, because mm-hmm. the only reason that we were treated to this, this time was because it was his last incarnation. So he couldn't regenerate. So he was just aging. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's, I think that makes this really special. So, mm-hmm. Definitely. And I, and I like, you know, it was funny because at the time, um, when, when, and this, this idea of it being his last incarnation as something that's been floating around the internet for the past several months. Um, because when you do the math and you realize that John Hurt was, you know, an incarnation of the doctor, and then you throw in the David Tennant regeneration in uh, journeys End, then it's like, oh, okay. So this is actually a, um, like, is this is actually at the end of his life? I think that they played it really well. Um, and watching the doctor grow old was really, fitting for this um this actor who has always played him as a very old man and finally getting to show him as this old man who's just full of life and exuberance and energy even in his old age was like a really beautiful way to send him off and this thing where you know Moffat's aware of that sort of thing um Moffat's aware of like the he is aware of the discourse that surrounds his show um there's some things that he clearly doesn't care about but I like that this kind of plays with that and that watching him grow older is really difficult, but also really 
charming and special and nice. Like I've never seen a Dr. Gold like this. Um, I mean, even, I mean, you can count, I guess, uh, last of the time Lords, but not really. Um, this is something that is, you know, you're watching the doctor die of old age. That's rare. That will never, I can't imagine that happening again. Um, Mm -hmm. it's only happened once before (laughs) and, and you're right. It probably won't ever happen again. Which I had tons of flashbacks to the tenth planet in this. I don't know why. Um, oh yeah. Well, well. I mean, even the uh, even the <laughs> line, right? The the line where he says uh, he's he's like uh, something about like something about like people changing and I have to change or something like. Isn't that yeah. the isn't that the first Doctor's like final line? Yeah, or change something? is coming or something like that. Yeah, yeah, change yeah. is yeah, 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 something like that. Um, and I had I just had this like thing where when Clara goes back into the TARDIS at the end. Like, that reminded me a lot of Tenth Planet because, and it, and it reminded me of <laughs> something else, which is this idea that, and I don't know, I guess we're tangenting, I'm tangenting at this point, but it's just a really quick notion, which is just like, the number of times that the, that the Doctor has regenerated in the TARDIS is actually uh, quite a bit. Um, and, and, you know, there's sometimes where he's regenerated in the close proximity of the TARDIS, but the only ones that come to mind that aren't are, um, what was it, War Games and Planet of the Spiders, which is the third one, and then... Logopolis. So there's like a run of three, but you know, fifth doctor, sixth doctor, both regenerate in the TARDIS. Um, eighth doctor doesn't, I guess, but all modern doctors have, um, even, Mm -hmm. even the war doctor, John Hurt and Eccleston and Tennant and now Smith have all regenerated in the TARDIS, which I think is a really interesting idea. This, this guy dying at home, I think is a really sort of interesting thing. It makes me interested to see when Capaldi regenerates, if he does regenerate outside of the TARDIS, but it's not a thing that I find required. It doesn't, it's not a thing that bothered me. It was just something I really noticed, I guess. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, it could be, it could be, um, uh, a fun way of explaining the, uh, the craziness of some other regenerations, um, like the eighth doctors, like he was so far away from the TARDIS. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, where, whereas like everyone else was sort of like right next to it. Yeah. Um, for and the, the fourth, most part. And the fourth um, doctor too. I mean, the fourth doctor regenerates after Logopolis and they have to carry him back to the TARDIS and he's not taking it well. Um, mm-hmm, he has to right. go into the zero room, which is like closer to the center of the TARDIS to kind of figure right. it, like to kind of just center himself. Which so it must be a, some sort of calibration thing. Yeah. 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 And the third doctor, I mean, regenerated right outside the TARDIS, which is, which is fine. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just it's just an interesting sort of notion because the the TARDIS has I mean in Tenth Planet oh god we're so down a rabbit hole um the Tenth Planet there there's this implication that the TARDIS was like uh, an aid in the Doctor's regeneration like if you if you read it you, if you watch it you can actually like read it as a thing because of the way that it's shot that this thing was really instrumental in making sure that he can't he got through it okay. Um, mm-hmm. I just think that's interesting. I think that it it, is an, it, it just reminded me of that because. Uh, I was just really aware of the TARDIS in this one. Whereas like, I wasn't really aware of it in like end of time because I was so focused on tenant and I wasn't so focused on it in parting of the ways because of Rose and Eccleston. Um, just like, cause mm-hmm. that conversation is the, is the center point. Whereas in this, like the TARDIS becomes this really important place. Like it just felt really important. I don't know. Did, did you, did you get that sort of feeling at all? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just yeah. interesting. No, it, just, it definitely. Yeah. Um, that's uh I mean definitely and and with the tenth doctor both times mm. um yeah because he blows the shit out of that thing sorry I yeah <laughs> I didn't yeah, finish well, the word so it's fine <laughs> well well and he 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 like forces himself to get back 
to the TARDIS yeah. to regenerate, you know? Yeah. Um, like, like a, like a, like a, you know, dog crawling under the house to die, you know? Um, <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> yeah. so, so yeah. So it was, it was like very pronounced with the 10th doctor, I think even more so than here, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. to, to a certain extent. Um, I do think that the, uh, the resetting while I appreciate it because it was nice seeing, uh, you know, the 11th doctor that we, we know and love, um, at the end, the whole resetting of the age thing. I was like, mm, questionable. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if that works. Yeah. Um, I was, I thought that maybe it was a, uh, I thought it was maybe the hologram, the, the nudie hologram. <laughs> That's what I thought. Like, I thought that it was already Peter Capaldi and, and it was a nudie hologram. That was, he was hologramming the Matt's the 11th doctor over himself. Mm-hmm. So not to freak out Clara. Yeah, could you imagine uh, that? He just like, he just snaps his fingers and then goes, ha ha. Like that would have been. Yeah, exactly. Insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, well it actually already happened. And then snaps his fingers and he's yeah. Capaldi. I found like, I, wow. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, find, I find the reset is a thing that is, um, it, it, it's not, it was something that kind of like took me by surprise the first time. Cause you know, it's designed to be like, oh, Capaldi's about to walk up these stairs. And then it was Matt Smith just one last time. And like, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like it was the thing that was almost needed. Um, oh, no, it was definitely needed. That's why I was saying, I like, it would have made more sense for it to just be like the, the hologram thing. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, so we would still get to say goodbye to Matt Smith, to young Matt Smith, but they wouldn't have to be like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, aging reset thing that's never happened before. But mm-hmm. it's going to happen this time because uh, funsies. <laughs> I was like, you had the hologram thing. You set that up. Like, use it. I yeah. don't know. Just felt like a shotgun on the mantle that wasn't getting used. But Yes. Um, yeah, that, that was something where it was like I kind of almost wished that he was able to do something more with that. Um, mm-hmm. Because he didn't. Um interesting just an interesting thing where well but that's the thing i mean that's the thing about this where it's like i find it interesting seeing what moffat kind of sets up in a way where you're like oh this is clearly payoff um and then kind of doesn't pay them off um like the two things that come to mind are clara's turkey and um the the cyberman head where it was like okay the cyberman head was really kind of fantastic and adorable um yeah but it said, it said affirmative, like canine. <laughs> it's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that was that was good. But my issue with it um, specifically is just like he sets up this idea early on where he's just like, remind me to hook the phone back through this main console so we can be okay later. And the and the Cyberman head is like, okay, okay. And then it picks like this moment. And the moment, you know, it picks is the moment of its death. But I didn't feel like that was like, I don't know, the most dramatic thing you could have done with that. Um like mm-hmm. I, I, I was ready for it to be, and this is, I mean, this is also my expectation, but I was ready for it to be something along the lines of like, right as he's going out, like the, the, the Cyberman says this and he kind of just like does it as a last thing that he does or something. And I mean, the same with the Turkey where the Turkey is just the thing that Clara needs to walk out of her the TARDIS at the, when the doctor drops her off for the second time, at which point Clara should just start swearing. Um, <laughs> But yeah. I just I thought that was interesting, and I, I think that that's kind of the reason why I ended up not really connecting with this as much as I wanted to, because it reminded me a lot of something like Angels Take Manhattan, 
where when you watch Angels Take Manhattan, the whole time you're watching, you're just like, oh, really? This is their last story? And it's not until you open the door and see old Roy that it's like, okay, this kind of feels like the last story for the pawns. And Mm -hmm. with me, and maybe this isn't true for other people, like, I wish that I felt more like this was it for Matt Smith. Like, there's so many points where I just don't feel like this is it. It's not until he really kind of stays on Trenzalore that I'm like, oh, okay, this is this is feeling like it's ending. But it, I also feel like Moffat's really working to get that, and it feels like something that should be more or less effortless um, or feel like it should take less effort than it does here. I mean, Logopolis felt more gravy than or more funeral dirgy than this did. Um, yeah, but but see, even but Logopolis and um, I know you're comparing the the 10th doctor it's like well both of those had this whole thing where they were like oh you're about to die so get ready right guys you're about to die everybody he's about to die look at him this guy about to die like in both cases that Mm -hmm. that was the case whereas like if you look at the ninth doctor story there's a big brother like like a big brother and uh and like just reality show and game show garbage like at the beginning of his regeneration story. Yeah. Like that's not. I mean that's I don't I don't I don't think it's necessary. And I and I think that whereas, you know, you can you pull that off there because um because uh uh it's a it's a war story. This isn't a war story. I mean it is, but it's not, you know. Yeah, this is this is like a quiet retirement into the good night. Um, yeah, which which I yeah. like. It was just something that was interesting because it, like I, and this is I mean this is again this is my own uh, uh, baggage I suppose. But when I walk into the, like a story like this, like I kind of want to be like, okay, this is my last chance to see this guy. And, and Moffat did work to make it like, oh, let's do some greatest hits, which I really don't mind in this don't get me wrong i don't mind them i don't mind seeing the doctor mm-hmm. dance like a loony bin um i don't mind mm-hmm. seeing the doctor out talk a cyberman like i don't mind any of those things i really don't um and but it the, is this sort the of thing pictures and stuff yeah like all of that like i i don't mind those um but there is this sense where it's like i want to say goodbye to this guy um and and you compare it to you know, other regeneration stories that I really like, even parting of the ways. And I feel like, um, I don't know. I feel like I, for some reason I really do separate out bad wolf and parting of the ways, um, where I do treat them as different entities, even though I know I shouldn't, but in my head, like parting of the ways does feel like this thing where I'm aware that Eccleston is leaving the whole time. Whereas with this, I just like, I find myself forgetting it. And I guess that's, it's interesting because it is a reaction against Davies. Like a lot of this is reaction against Davies. Um, mm-hmm. So much of the complaint about end of time is that the tenth Doctor goes down, you know, uh, like a sissy. Like he he goes out whining, he goes out crying, and like I don't I don't mind that. I find that that was a really that I mean that was the point. No, those this. those last twenty minutes are are the only reason to watch that story, in my opinion. <laughs> Everything else pretty much unanimously sucks. Oh, see, I disagree but you know, we'll talk about that eventually but yeah. you can't beat those 20 minutes i will not fight you on that um and the thing about it is like i, I look at i look at it and this is like so much of so much of the moffat era is a reaction against the things that are perceived as failures in the davies era the long goodbye to the companion the 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 tears the crying and this one like didn't cry unless it had to which i appreciated but it's also a thing where it it, it does feel like a lamentation in a way where I, I wish I wish there was more lamenting. I wish that there was more just out and out melancholy. Um, 
in this, um, in, in just a weird way. Um, I know that I'm probably See, I thought, I thought the melancholy was definitely there, but it was also – it's also a celebration and I think that's the difference is mm-hmm. this this story is a celebration of the 11th Doctor whereas other other stories are funerals if that makes any sense. Sure. I get that. I get that. Um, and, I, and I think that this being a celebration – uh, I think is indicative of the Eleventh Doctor's period sure. um, of his era, because everything was a celebration. And I do, I do love that we get the whole life of this guy, where it's like you know, other Doctors, no one really knows how long the Ninth Doctor was the Ninth Doctor, mm-hmm. um, or the really. Sixth Doctor, or yeah, exactly. And and so there's there's a lot of a uh, lot of Doctors where we don't really know. Whereas like we look at the Eleventh Doctor, and and you know, y- your argument. Um, in the past, uh, obviously before this episode aired, your argument in the past is like, oh, why is the 11th Doctor the most important Doctor ever? Um, and, and like, you, you have, you're sort of offended by that notion. Mm-hmm. But I think looking at it after we get to this episode and we can kind of, kind of look back on the era, it's just like, oh, he started as a young man because he's the final regeneration and then he lives the longest. I mean, this is the longest in continuity. This is the longest era of a doctor ever. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and I think, but I, but I, and I, and, but I like the idea that the reason for that is because there is no more regeneration left. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's, I, I, I just, I just really appreciate that. It's like, I, you know, I feel like if I went back and I watched the 11th hour and then watched this afterward, I mean, it would just feel huge. You know, yeah, and 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 here's the crazy thing is I actually really agree with you on that. Um, mm-hmm. where <clears throat> it is built into the narrative, and and part of my, part of my issue in the past specifically was this this idea that Moffat was intro- was just like adding increments of time just and for reasons that to me felt like he was just inserting places where you could just tell more Eleventh Doctor stories. Um. Mm-hmm. The idea that there's 200 years between God Complex and Closing Time, and Closing Time takes place immediately before Wedding of Riversong. Um, well, you know, he's really good friends with Nicholas Briggs, so <laughs> he's just he's just doing him a favor. Yeah, he's doing he's, him a solid, yeah. that's all. He's just like, you want more Big Finish stuff? I got your Big Finish right here. Um, <laughs> and I, and I, but see, the thing is that I don't disagree. I think that like this idea, like if you look at the Doctor's timeline... Where um, you have the first Doctor going through the 10th Doctor and including the War Doctor in that. So 11 Doctors. Um, The 10th Doctor says he's 906 when he dies. Which means that the average Doctor lifespan is probably about 80 years or so, give or take. Um, Some are longer, some are less. I think the 5th Doctor probably ends up being the shortest. Uh, 5th or 3rd, actually, which is, I think, fascinating. Um, Mm -hmm. No, 5th Doctor is easily the shortest. And I think that... um, Unless it's the 9th. Unless it's the (laughs) 9th. Which we don't, unless it's one of the ones we don't really know. Yeah. I mean, the (laughs) only reason, here's the the reason I say the fifth, and I think that like three, nine, and five are going to be your shortest ones. Um, Mm -hmm. The reason I say the fifth is because it's so open and closed because, you know, the only place you can actually really slot in the fifth doctor having a ton of adventures um, that, you know, could last lifetimes would be in like one part of Frontios. Like that's the only part. Um, Right. And, you know, the third doctor, like between green death and time of the time warrior you can actually do a whole slew of stories and pre-rose you can do a whole slew of stories regardless those are the ones who have lasted like the least amount of time it's also funny when you think about the doctor aging in this and then you think about the war doctor and you're just like 
I feel like the doctor's been lying about his age because <laughs> in order for him, because he regenerates young, you know? Yeah. And then he gets old. Yeah. The war doctor. Yeah. So it's like, so did he did he live about as long as the 11th doctor? Yeah. And if that's the case, question mark? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the math doesn't add up there, but okay. Yeah. Um, I'll just go with it. Maybe war just makes you age really quickly. Or or he just doesn't count the war doctor's age as his own. Like just Oh, yeah. good call. Good yeah. call. I just, bet you're right. There just you like go. I don't count like I'm I'm actually 47 because my divorce took 2 years. You know, like <laughs> that, <laughs> nice. that sort of idea. Um I don't know if that's actually a thing that people do, but they should start doing it. They'll feel better about themselves. Um I don't I don't count the 20 years I was married to that person. I'm actually 42. Um, <laughs> wow. I'm the worst. Um, so <laughs> you look at, you look at this, um, I look at the story and I look at, um, you know, if you actually count it up, like the doctor says that he's on Trenzler for 300 years. And by the end of 300 years, he looks, um, you know, quite old um, when he's walking mm-hmm. with the cane. And then, you know, Clara, he, he drops Clara off and Clara manages to get back eventually through the help of totally not river song. And, um, she comes back and he's a wizened old man. Like I would argue that there's probably another hundred years in there. Right. I've just like, let's just say there's another hundred years. What if, what if it's the TARDIS that helps him not age? I mean, that would, that would work. Um, that's actually, that actually might be the reason <laughs> that, that might be the reason. Um, okay. Well, that's, if it's not the reason that's going to be, that's going to be the reason in my brain. Yeah. Head cannon. <laughs> um, yeah. It's also, it's also explains why he, uh, it helps explain how he de-ages once he's back on the TARDIS. Yeah, that's, that is true. Um, yeah. So I, I look at this and I go, okay, well, we know that he was on Trenzalor for 300 years. Let's say he was on Trenzalor for another 100 years after that. So he spent like 400 years on Trenzalor, um, 100 of which were spent at war. And then you have to add in the 200 years that he was – that was between uh, – uh, God complex and closing time. So like mm-hmm. this guy lived for like six, 700 years, um, which mm-hmm. is a really long time. Um, mm-hmm. And I like that. I actually do like that. I like that he was a guy who lived for a very, very, very long time in a way that other doctors don't. I do like that. That makes him special. I don't like certain narrative ideas that are thrown in here where it's like where he is the most important. Cause it's like, okay, well that just puts down other doctors in a way that is less than savory for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't mind that, which I found myself very surprised by. Um, but I also, I also like that, whereas I do feel like the 200 years was thrown in for fan fiction reasons before, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like this being 300 years, like, I like that it's just 300 years in one place. Like, you can't really mm-hmm. do anything with that time. That time is just time. Um, mm-hmm. it's just not not squandered because he was doing good work but it was just that was just the time he spent there and that was kind yeah. of like i don't know that was a really interesting way of doing that i've never seen a doctor who story do something like that and that was really fantastic um mm-hmm. like i said it makes it sort of like a, a, an epic noun you know yeah oh definitely definitely he's spanning generations and generations you know yeah. like this is a guy who's living lifetimes like if he's been on that planet for 300 years and the average lifespan is like what 65 that means that that guy's living for that guy's hanging out for you know two three four lifetimes maybe i'm, I'm really bad at math sometimes um and it's just and that's crazy like that's crazy and that's totally the doctor and this is a guy who's just kind of growing old and like i mean that was one of the things that really struck me when i got to um Clara coming back to him at the end 
when he's in the old man chair where I was just like, I've never seen something like that. Um, I've never seen anything like that in a doctor who story from like a time Lord or the doctor. And I loved that. Like that was such a good moment. Um, mm-hmm. such a good discussion and such a good dialogue and, and all that stuff. I, I loved that. Um, it gave me an idea for a doctor who story, which was really nice. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, all of that, all of that was good. Like, I really don't have a problem with any of it, which I was really surprised by. My problem is just the recurring motifs that I don't really connect to. Um, Mm -hmm. Which, which again, it's like, you might not connect to them, but they have existed and they, they did need to be dealt with regardless. Sure. No, Um, and I think that they were, I think they were dealt, dealt with in a way that wasn't, um, it wasn't as navel gazy as I would have thought. Yeah. It was, you know, it was, it was celebratory and and i've definitely seen it more egregious and more quote-unquote offensive than it was here i know that that's a really radical word to be using but it's the only one that it came that came to mind and i'm you mm-hmm. know i don't feel like spending five minutes looking for the word um well no uh, wedding or river song was offensive let's just get it out of the way um <laughs> and, and dr widow wardrobe was pretty offensive um <laughs> just looking at it from the place where it was just like man that was a waste of a story um mm-hmm. and just like a waste of like the motif where it's like, this is something that he's interested in that I'm not interested in. So Mm -hmm. therefore I'm not going to like this. And that's unfortunate. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I liked it. I like it. I liked it here. I thought that he did a really good job of like making it like, okay, this is, he's just a childhood hero. He's a fable. He's the man in the tower. Um, and I, if anything, my only complaint is that he didn't go far enough. Like, if you're going to go full fairy tale, just go full fracking fairy tale. Um, <laughs> you know, like, I yeah. mean, if that, but like, I don't really, that's not really a complaint that I have. It's just like, it's just like, man, I, that idea, the man in the tower, like, cause now that I've said that the man in the tower who stayed for Christmas, like, I love that. Just stay more, do more with it. You know, like just go farther, like just keep pushing mm-hmm. it and pushing it and pushing it. I um, think the one thing that this story could have used actually, um, and I know a lot of people who, who thought this story was boring is going to, are going to disagree, but I think what this story could have used was actually, uh, to be a two-parter where the end of the first part is the doctor sending Clara back for the first time. Mm-hmm. So that when we come back into part two, he's aged. So we felt that time between the two weeks or, you know, between the week that the episodes aired. Sure. Um, I think that that could have helped a lot yeah, with um, the pacing because I think we rush forward and it's like, it's, it, you know, you still feel it, but you feel it a little less than if it was two separate episodes, I think. Yeah. And that was really kind of like this pitch that I had when I saw him in the old man chair, which is like seeing Clara checking in on this guy. Like I love che- Clara checking in on him in a way that I've never liked the companion checking in on the doctor. That is this hallmark of the Moffat era. Um, mm-hmm. Where it was like, if you did that, like if you did that and you did the thing where the first episode is basically the Pandora opens and the second episode is the one where he, you know, is growing old. Like if you just had the dar- the doctor bring the TARDIS back every few years for him, like every 10, 20 years, he gets to see Clara again. And Clara goes through, you know, basically one Christmas. And I mean, like just one where every hour the TARDIS comes back and she has to go back and see the doctor and watch him grow old. Like my one problem with that as a regeneration story is that it's 
about Clara and not about the doctor. But other than that, like I am fascinated by that idea. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I think that that would be really, really nifty and really cool. I don't mind it here. Like I don't mind not seeing it here because it feels like, Oh, well we could do that later. But Mm -hmm. I love that you get to see that, like all of that stuff, um, how he is just the culture of this town. And this town is like treating him like a celebrity and all that stuff. I thought that that was all, Mm really nifty and really great and stuff um i also i really like clara here yeah um i think more than i've ever liked her in the past and i think i i think that i'm i i think everyone is sort of getting their relationship at this point um you know right before he regenerates yeah um yeah um but but yeah, I think they they finally were getting their relationship, which is that they're just they're just sort of uh they're 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 friends and they're not friends because like it's not a thing where Clara is is gutsy or or uh, like recklessly courageous um in the way that Amy was. Um that's sort of Amy's character, the the reckless cor- courageous uh character. I think that what makes her interesting is like She's just really smart, um, mm-hmm. which is a thing that we didn't really get a lot of uh, before now. But I think that this is the first time where I'm seeing them. You get a little bit of it in Day of the Doctor. Um, but here it it became very apparent, like, why they're friends and, like, what their relationship is as a doctor and a companion. Um, to the point where he, like, didn't even really want to call her his companion at that one moment. Because it doesn't really seem apt you yeah. know yeah um because she doesn't she doesn't go on ongoing adventures with him they just they they get together every once in a while they're just like you know they're just friends that see each other every once in a while which i think is just an interesting take on uh on a relationship for a doctor and a companion mm-hmm. um and, and does and i I like it. I yeah. don't know. I like it. Yeah, and that does make it actually better for me, too. Like, I mean, this the story does kind of work as a really nice therapy in a lot of ways. And I think that that, that is really key. Because if you look at something like Amy, where part of my issue with Amy, looking back on it, um, because the story tells me I need to look back on it, is... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Quite uh, literally, it does. Oh, yeah. God. Uh, we'll get there. Um, my, my, my problem with that is that... Uh, at first, you have this this idea where it's like the doctor is the imaginary friend, and I'm like, oh, that's really interesting, that's really cool. And you know, you have this doctor who, you know, Peter pans her away the night before her wedding, which is what I really loved about series five. And then with series six, like I feel like that relationship just becomes more nebulous. Um, mm-hmm. Introducing Rory into the TARDIS was a good idea. The problem is that like you don't really have anything to say about that besides the doctor is now a third wheel, and there's it's really hard to dramatize a third wheel in an interesting sort of way because the doctor doesn't feel threatened by anything and he doesn't feel yeah i think my i mean my my theory with the sixth series specifically is that it was supposed to be i think if you look at like the first couple of episodes i think that it was supposed to be more about the doctor's relationship with rory um i think that rory was meant to be sort of the arc companion of the sixth season but then but but like amy is such a demanding character um 
in a like as in you know you put three characters in a room of course she's going to be the strongest of the three mm-hmm. um because she can't help but be that way and so i think that it just sort of got away from them because yeah. if you look at those early episodes of series six they were very rory centric and even the episode of um the girl who waited even that episode wasn't really about amy mm-hmm. it was about rory yes um so and it was about like it was it was specifically about like in the same way that um 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 mickey was supposed to be it's about how the doctor companion relationship affects other people mm-hmm. but the problem is that i think it just got away from them yeah um but I think that that's what the purpose of that six series was supposed to be. But, you know, I, l- l- the less said about series six, probably the better. <laughs> yeah, because it is the thing where it's like, it, I feel like, and that was the problem with series six, is like series six came in with like a, also this mission statement of, oh, we're going to talk about Riverside. It was just like, oh, keep the tight, keep the rain. You got to keep the reins tight. You got to keep the reins tight if you're going to do something yeah. like that. And there wasn't a really tight rain holding. Whereas with Clara, I feel like it's this thing where, when Moffat's pitching this character to people, he's just like, she's just the doctor's friend. And every so often, you know, they're kind of in a long distance friendship where it's like every so often he kind of comes in and he says hi and they go out and they get dinner. Mm -hmm. um, And then they come back. And I like that. I really think that's interesting. And I know that I'm going against stuff that I've said in the past, but Hey, I'm allowed to change my mind. And I think, (laughs) I mean, because it's a thing where it's like, where it's like in theory that, that, that might not work and in and in the past like you didn't really get that a whole lot in the back half of series seven um because it was it wasn't focused on their relationship it was focused on the mystery of the most important best companion ever um Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and that's why that was problematic whereas like now we're on the other side of the name of the doctor and so now they're just friends like there is no ulterior motive for either of them Mm -hmm. um and so it's better so yes. it's just about the relationship, which is better, and and it kind of clears things up. Yeah, definitely, and it it makes me like her more. Where she's just like mm-hmm. she's just like stop pushing me away. Like I'm a friend. Don't don't push me away. And at a certain point, like you know, he would have pushed her away completely were it not for um, the head of the 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 church. Like she, mm-hmm. otherwise she never would have gotten back. Because I was I was watching this the second time, and I was like, how does she get back? Does he just send the TARDIS back? And it's like, no, the church lady fixes it. Um. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, that is an interesting relationship. And I think that that is going to be interesting to see moving forward. And it does make me want to go back and watch the Series 7 again because I haven't really touched it at all since we talked about it at all. Um, mm-hmm. But it is this thing where I like, I don't know, I just, I, I find that it made me really like this relationship more because it made just, it made the relationship make more sense to me and more interesting to me. Um, mm-hmm. Because we got to see, like, what they were doing over the course of a couple of things. Like, if, he dropped off Clara twice in the story before this. Like, I think I would have gotten a little bit faster, but looking at it now and taking it apart a little bit more, I'm like, Oh, okay. This is more, this is an interesting way. This is something new. And this is something that I really kind of do like. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that Clara is an interesting companion uh, because like, you know, you hate to use that, that, that thing where it's like, Oh, the, the best ever, the most important ever. But I think that she is, really unique as a companion because of how much she knows about the doctor like i don't think and correct me if i'm wrong but i've i've seen every regeneration story i don't think that any companion has ever known what a regeneration is when it's happening 
Not really. Not like this. Not like this where he's like Yeah. Not where not where he's like preparing her for it. Um as opposed to other things where it just kind of like I was thinking about Planet of the Spiders and I was just like and they're like he always tells her tells him right before it's coming but in this mm-hmm. like she's like fight she's like there's got to be a way for you to get through this like and she, a part of this towards the end is about her trying to figure out how to do it um mm-hmm. and i and i like that that is an interesting observation because i hadn't really realized that before but it is true because it is this thing mm-hmm. where the doctor just kind of you know falls and lands and he's lying down and he's just like i'm about to regenerate and then he regenerates um yeah <laughs> which, is, which is interesting um but yeah, like doing it here, that's, that is an interesting way of doing it. It is something that I, I really kind of did like, even though I thought that it was a really silly thing that happened. Um, well, let's, we'll, we'll talk about the Amy thing in a second, but, yeah. um, cause I'm assuming that's the silly part. Oh no, um, no, that was not the silly part. Oh, that's not the silly part. No, the silly, the silly part is the time Lord just being like, okay, we'll shut the crack. Um, oh. <laughs> which I thought was weird um (laughs) did they shut the crack they did they did or did they just move it i don't know maybe they moved it but if they did they moved it they moved it from the wall to the sky and then they shut it from from the sky and they didn't go through um well they probably just moved it again maybe but that just means we'll have to deal with the shit again like (laughs) well not necessarily because they can't they can't come through because of uh war and whatnot I, I don't know. I guess. I guess. I don't know. It was fine with. It was fine for me. I just shrugged it off. Sure. Um, sure. Uh, but uh, the, yeah, the uh, the what I liked about her reaction to the to the um, thing because I think it's it's different than every other time because you've never been able to get this reaction out of a companion for a regeneration because in the past when they regenerated, I mean the the tenth Doctor's uh, first regeneration, notwithstanding. Um, in journey's end because obviously all of those people had experienced one <laughs> before um but then it turned out to not really be a real one so it doesn't count um even though it kind of counts um <laughs> uh, it's complicated it's complicated <laughs> um but uh but the thing about this one specifically that i think is is interesting is like you have clara and she's like you said she's trying to figure out a way to get him through this and it's a thing where it's like i know he needs to regenerate because that's what happens like that's what needs to happen and i know that that's what needs to happen for him to survive but then you know she's still trying to figure out a way like when she sees him again as young she's like oh good like cool like you're just him again all right whatever Mm -hmm. and and she just tries to go with it and then when he's like no 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 this is happening and his hands start glowing again and then all of a sudden she's just like oh god i have to say goodbye to you like and it's and like just this overwhelming sadness that comes over her Mm -hmm. in that last like five seconds of the 11th doctor uh heartbreaking Mm -hmm. i love that i really love that um and it's the kind of thing where it's like, I know that you are going to be the same person, but you're also going to change. And that freaks me out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just like that. I think that's cool. I don't know. Yeah. And it's, and it's the first time that that's ever happened before, which I think is really also really cool. Yeah. So this, this, this just like kind of the fake out of it all is really nice. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and I, you're right. Like it is, that is new and that is interesting. Uh, yeah. uh, good, good for Moffat for figuring out new things to do with the regeneration. And you know, mm-hmm. 
to his credit, like we, I always said, I really wanted to know what a Moffat regeneration was going to look like. And seeing it, like, you know, there's still stuff to be mined there. There is still, like, mm-hmm. drama and still interesting ways of doing it. Um, mm-hmm. th- that is really interesting and really good. Um, no idea if we'll ever get another one, but. <laughs> we'll literally see. no idea. Literally no idea. <laughs> we'll um, see. Um, yeah. But I think that. Um, before we talk about the regeneration, is there anything else in the story that you actually wanted to bring up or mention? Um, uh, talk about at all. Um, oh, I did want to mention there is because uh, obviously you have the Church of the Silence or the Church of whatever before it was the Church of the Silence. Um, and you have the explanation with the, the chapter of the church that broke away, which is the Madame Cavor- Cavarian, Cavarian Series 6 garbage. Um, but uh, what I what I like about that is like one I like seeing the origin of that and the reasoning behind the origin of that and all of that it just it all it felt good to me I was like okay I'm I'm fine and if you just want to say that Madame Kavarian is a is like the bad chapter of that church whatever that's fine um so like I was I was really cool with that I also really like the explanation of whatever those aliens that aren't the silence are. Um, <laughs> The not silence. That's what we'll call them. Because, um, uh, guys, they're not, they're not the silence. Um, and I, I, did he say what they were called in this? They, he called them confessors. Um, confessors. Okay, so we'll just call them confessors. But, like, that's what I liked about that is, is one, first of all, a confessor in a, in a, in a, in a turtleneck. Awesome. <laughs> it's just <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I was like, nothing will beat them in a suit. And then I saw one in a turtleneck and I was like, okay, well, there you go. <laughs> I want. I want to see someone at a rock concert wearing punk stuff. Like that would be really, <laughs> awesome. Really great. Um, no, but what I liked about that, I liked the explanation of them, which is that they're um, they're like the priests that you confess to it in a Catholic church. Only this time, when you confess your sins, you forget not only confessing them, but you also forget the sins. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're completely cleared of them, which I think is just fascinating. Yeah. I just I think that that is just a really cool idea, and I'm not convinced that he thought of that right away. Like I, he probably just thought of that for this episode. But either way, like if if it's a retcon or not, like I thought it was really good. Yeah, that was that was really good. That was that was a really interesting way of of coming up with something for those for the silence too. Because when I'm, I'm going to keep calling them silence, and that's not intentional. Um, because <laughs> when I heard they were coming back, I was just like, oh. All right, this is going to be really interesting, and I I like that he did something new with them. I was pleasant. And by surprised. really interesting, you mean not at all. <laughs> yes, that's um, what you. That's how. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but I thought that I thought that it was it was something new to do with them, which I was so ready to not see. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. because, oh, the last time they showed up, I was I was angry, um, just full of umbrage, um, and. <laughs> Um, looking at it, looking at them here, like I thought I, when they first showed up, I like kind of rolled my eyes cause I was like, Oh, here they go being nefarious again. And the doctor's just like, Oh no, yes, they're fine. Don't worry about it. That's just Jeff. He's, or should I say father Jeff? Am I right? Like, just like, <laughs> I, thought that, I thought that that was interesting. Um, but I did like that. I thought that that was such a smart move. Um, and such an interesting way of just like, I find that if I, if I come up against like just frustration with the church of the silence is that I don't feel like they did enough churchy things with them and making them just more as like a texture is just more interesting to me. Um, Mm -hmm. and something that I feel like Moffat could actually explore more and that I haven't seen enough of. Um, 
now it seems like the door's closed on that. But I I did like seeing the church dynam- dynamics and the mother superiors and all of that sort of thing was all really interesting to me. Um, it was all it was all really good um mm-hmm. just all of that uh mm-hmm. I, and, I, and i thought that like seeing seeing the church here like was one of those things where it's like when you when you see a doctor regenerate like you want to see like the the era kind of come back and just kind of do like a like a what do we love about this and i thought that like that was a really smart thing to bring back um bringing back the church like does give this this sweeping feeling this this feeling of epicness despite the fact that i was really tired of hearing about the doctor falling at trenzalore um but it did feel really epic and it did feel like you know watching them call themselves the church of the silence is one of those things where it's like when you finish something and see how something generates at an ending um you just kind of get excited by that and i like that here like i like that you see the the church kind of spawn and create um at a close of something like i love mm-hmm. the poetry of that um really kind of nice um and all of that was all of the church stuff i think was the stuff that i kind of gravitated to after the doctor growing old like that was the stuff that i gravitated to the most um mm-hmm. it was really nifty also uh let's just let's just bring it up uh making river song the head of the church of the silence is an interesting move because uh you can tell me that's not river song it's Frickin' River Song. Um, but that's fine. <laughs> oh. Well, is, is it not River Song? That's not... Yeah, that's not how I took it. See, I read it as River Song because he kisses her. Yeah. And she knows how to fly the TARDIS. And she said flying the TARDIS was always easy. Flying the Doctor was not. Um, and then yeah. he also but says... But then which... What regeneration is she? I think, I think that what... Well, I mean... Yeah, you could. I, it has to be after Alex Kingston, even though her body's burnt out. Um, but you could also argue that, like, it's actually just um, River Song's mind grafted onto a body taken from the computer in Silence of the Library. Like, that's kind of how I read it. Because oh. there's that part where she said, where he says, uh, "You gotta fight it. You've always fought the psychopath in your head." And like, they mention River Song as a psychopath earlier, and but then cl- she says, "But then she says new body," and he's like, "Oh, this old thing," and it's like she's seen that lots of times. That's true. That's true. Um, I don't. Well, I mean, well, I mean, that's true. I don't know. It's how I read it. I don't know if that's how it's going to mm. end up playing out. But that that is that is kind of like this thing. I don't think it's ever going to get brought up again. But it is a way of keeping River Song alive. If you ever want to do anything with her, um. Mm. but I thought, I thought that that was an interesting thing. And looking at it from my own headcanon perspective, I like the idea that she's kind of protecting him. Um, I like the idea that she dies for him over and over and over again. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And, um, is in charge of this church that took everything away from her. Um, that kind of really completes her in my brain for some reason. Like that really just feels like good closure. Uh, and so that's mm. kind of why it's my headcanon. I don't think it's perfect. I think, I think that's interesting. I don't, I don't think it totally works for me, but I think that's interesting. Sure. I, I don't, heck, I don't think it totally works. Um, but it's mm-hmm. close enough that I can get it to work for me just as a, mm-hmm. as a, yeah, it's fine. Um, sort of way. <laughs> Right on. All right, so let's talk about the regeneration. Yeah. Um, I didn't really like it. <laughs> um, what part? Like, what do you mean? I think my issue, my issue with it, um, I have two issues. The first is Amy, Amy Pond, most important companion ever. Um, yeah, uh, it bugs me. It, it, just because it's like, it's like you, like, 
I get that you wanted to bring back Karen Gillan. I get that it's going to bring people to a frenzy, but at least bring me someone else. Like bring Rory with her because it's just like it just reiterates this idea that it's like she's the most important person and you don't get to remember the the doctor's like, you know, last line, which I mean, I know is nerd fandom and I really try not to make nerd fandom a point of focus, but it kind of ruins the last line of the doctor because the last thing that you hear is raggedy man. Goodbye. Um, Mm -hmm. I I did not like that. Like I thought that that was, I didn't like that either, but I like what I did like is watching the doctor hallucinate. I did like that. That felt very, um, Legopolis caves of Androzani to me where it's like, he turns around and the TARDIS is just covered in these pictures of the adventures he has. Like, I love that. And I love seeing... I agree. I, I definitely agree with that. But I think that it should have been larger than that. I think it should have been from his entire regeneration set because he's getting a new regeneration set. Mm. So it should have been like... He should have been seeing um, stuff from. He should have like seen like Rose and and everybody, and then and yeah. like you know the voices from the classic series and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I just go like. nuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, really, yeah. like it just should have been. It should have been crazy if they were going to do that. Yeah, and and it is this thing where it's like if if it had just been like seeing Amy running as a child, like that was good for me. But like the gratuitous Karen Gillan cameo was just yeah. like at a certain point, I'm like, okay, like. Yeah, I, and it was working on the same rules as uh, River Song and Name of the Doctor, which I was like, I don't understand how that works. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I still don't understand. I don't. I don't get it. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. just anyway. the hallucinating thing. Um, yeah, yeah. It, that was just the thing where it was just like, and I get why he did it. I understand why, but it is this thing where it's like you also have completely just cast aside the emotional resonance of Claire as his companion because it's like there is no companion except for Amy Pond and it's like we needed to move like this Mm -hmm. show this era needed to not do that like Mm -hmm. I will just say it did it needed to not do that Um, it also hurt because uh, the idea of it being a hallucination was questionable because uh, Amy Pond has literally never had hair like that on the show (laughs) ever well, they could never walk out bald. Although I do wish that, like, no, I know, I well, I know that, but I mean, like, cut the wig so that it looks like her hair. Like, it she ne- literally she never had share hair, never. <laughs> and that was just that was a redheaded share wig. Like, what? See, I just I, I, I wish that they had done. Um, I, I wish that it. they had just done a bald party where Karen Gillan and Matt Smith just rubbed bald heads against. I did each think other. it was fun. I did think that was funny. That would have almost made that moment if they just both took off their wigs and just rubbed <laughs> their bald heads together. <laughs> and then you just cut away and you just see bald Matt Smith like just rubbing his bald head in, in thin air, like. <laughs> Claire takes a step back. What is going on? <laughs> He's really losing it in these last minutes. Um, <laughs> but uh, so that really just bugged me where I was just like, I was just like, we need, they needed to not do that. Moffat needed to know better than to do that. And he mm-hmm. did it. And I feel like that regeneration mm-hmm. is worse for it. Um, I loved everything up to that point. But yes. Yeah. That does sort of like steal the. It steals the thunder. Yeah, it really kind of just, like, let all the air out of the balloon because you can just tell that it is just, like, super fan-wankery, like, like mm-hmm. oh, we're about to see Amy again. And, like, you can tell mm-hmm. that's why he did it. And it's just, like, it's just, like, you needed to not do that. Like, you needed to make mm-hmm. it about this doctor, not about, like, it, at least have her walk over and stand by Clara. Like, at least have mm-hmm. her walk away. Um, 
I did really like um I liked the abruptness of the regeneration though. I didn't like it the first time. I found I liked it much more this time. Um Yeah. I thought that it happening in a snap was really interesting and new. Um mm-hmm. Well, and it felt like it felt like the 11th doctor that whole time was just like pulling the slingshot back and just like trying to just push back farther and farther and farther until finally he just couldn't do it anymore and then just let go and it just snapped in you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. and i and i think that that's a really interesting like visual representation of the emotions that he was going through in the moment mm-hmm. um and i i really liked it that being said I know nothing about Peter Capaldi's doctor. Whereas I feel like in the past, um, at least in the new series, you look at David Tennant's first moments and Matt Smith's first moments, and neither of them had much longer time than Capaldi, I don't think, in their first moments. But I feel like I got a sense of them and their personality, whereas with Capaldi, I really know nothing. Yeah, and that was my problem because all of Cap- all of the things I liked about Capaldi were seeing him and watching performance rather than actual lines because mm-hmm. if you look at it, it's like the uh, it. I mean, it's a Moffat problem. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it is a Moffat problem where Moffat is so obsessed with like the recurring motif and doing the same sitcom thing over and over again. Where it was like you know in the first when when you look at you know Eccleston regenerating, the first thing Tenet's like is like new teeth. That's weird. Like, that's a great, it's a great line. And then with mm-hmm. Matt Smith, it's like, oh, I've got legs. I'm so happy I have legs. And that's really cool. Yeah. And then and, Capal- he thinks, and he thinks he's a girl. Yeah. And then feels his Adam's apple. And he's like, okay, I'm good. Yeah. And then, but with Capaldi, it's like kidneys. It's like, okay, one, I've seen that before. Um, and then, then he turns around and he's like running around the TARDIS and he's just like, I have one question. Do you know how to fly this thing? And I was just like... I feel like you could have done better. Like, I mm-hmm. I really feel like you could have done better with, like, a first line or first question. I feel mm-hmm. like it, it just felt phoned in in a way that I really didn't want it to feel phoned in. Um, mm-hmm. and, 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 and that was a that was a bummer to me. But I liked seeing him. Like, I got this visceral thrill. And for some reason, I don't know, maybe I'm weird for noticing this specific thing. But, <clears throat> excuse me, uh... There's this thing where, like, when he just recoils, it goes to, like, this wide shot from, like, lo- a low angle. And you just kind of see him, and he's ha- standing there. And his hand is just contorted in this really weird, interesting way. And I was like, that's the doctor. Like, <laughs> for some reason, I thought that, like, uh, I-, I did not think that the rest of him was the doctor. But everything from, like, his right elbow down to his, like, fingertips on that hand was just like, oh, I like that. Like, hmm, I feel. I don't know. It was just this thing where it's like the, Capaldi is a good, is like a great actor. We're really excited to see him, but like, I just feel like his posture is so specific that I was just like, this is a guy who knows this show. Like, this is a guy who knows this show and knows this character, and it's just like really interested to play him. Um, mm-hmm. th- I thought this, that this this is like this reminded me. This regeneration actually reminded me of the Logopolis regeneration. Whereas we knew nothing about the fifth doctor in that moment either. Mm-hmm. Um, he just smiles and then <laughs> the episode's over. Yeah. Um, I feel like it was similar in that aspect where it's like, okay, I, I like the way he looks and I'm excited to see what kind of doctor he is, but uh, we got nothing here. Yeah. yeah. We got, they and, gave us nothing. Yeah. I mean, I'm, it makes me excited, but only because I, I, but I, but it makes me as excited as I was before. Like it got me the mm-hmm. same thrill as I got when I saw Capaldi eyes and day of the doctor. Um, mm-hmm. everything else, not as much. Um, mm-hmm. 
And I mean, that's, that's fine. Um, I don't, I, it, it's okay. It's a little disappointing, but like in terms of thing, it's like, <laughs> if you're just like, if you're just like, well, the new doctor didn't come in great. It's like, okay, well that's, that's hardly a complaint. I mean, same thing right. with third. It's doctor. It's not really about him. Yeah. yeah. Same with third doctor to fourth doctor, first to second. Like it's fine. Like we'll right. be okay. Um, right. But I, I, my other thing is like, I also found that I could feel this, this just to take it a step back before the regeneration. Um, cause I didn't bring this up. I thought that his last moments, um, I felt were just like really written, um, in a way that I, that really kind of took me out of it where I just felt like Moffat was just like, he just like kind of kept typing and deleting and rewriting and typing and deleting and rewriting just because he didn't know how to end him. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and I thought that that was really just interesting to see him have that problem. Um, uh, just because I, you wouldn't expect him to. And, uh, I don't know. It's, it, it's, it's fine. I don't mind it so much, but it is this thing where it did lack elegance. Um, which is ironic mm-hmm. because I thought that the story more or less had tons of elegance. Um, mm-hmm it's fine i mean i did think that it was it's the it's just a bummer because it's the part of the episode that i find for lack of better term the most important and i thought that it was just a little bit more lackluster than i wanted it to be um Mm -hmm. good moments well directed i thought jamie Payne did a great job on directing all through yeah um he needs to come back yeah Uh, hopefully because uh, he did hide and I loved hide. Um, yeah. Or he day as I like to think of it still. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> for no reason, Yeah, for no reason. Um, kinda. Um, but the, uh, but yeah, I mean, thumbs up, especially Capaldi. I just, I really want him. I just, I, I like him and I'm just so interested mm-hmm. to see what he does with it. Um, yeah. 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 Well, yeah. we got, uh, we got like nine months, so yeah. all right uh so that's it for uh time of the doctor um and uh all right so let's see uh before we move on to prisoners of time real quick uh this reminder that today's episode is brought to you by instocktrades.com where you can purchase any paperback hardcover omnibus or absolute edition at 35 to 45 percent off plus new release specials at 50 percent off every week and remember all orders over 50 dollars get free shipping so thanks to instocktrades.com and go there and buy prisoners of time volume three which is what we're talking about right now um real quick this is the story of uh these are like the the tiptons yes right the tiptons um the tiptons write it and uh this is the ninth tenth eleventh doctor stories and the finale um and uh we find out that adam the uh the ninth doctor um uh fake out companion uh, is the villain of this uh, of this series, and uh, which is really exciting. Um, but uh, I think that, and then you find out that he's actually like partnered up with the master, and it's this whole thing with the master. And I found that, um, despite it was exciting seeing the eleventh Doctor with that master, with like with like the fifth Doctor master, yeah, mainly um, master of all the masters, you go mainly. It's weird, yeah. Yeah, it's a weird choice. Um, but I think it's, I think it's kind of fun, honestly. I was like, oh, they kind of work together in a weird way. The 11th <laughs> Doctor and Ainley. Um, but, uh, I thought that while I appreciate that the finale is really two parts, because the 11th Doctor story is really just part one of the finale, um, I, I appreciate that they did take the time to do that. I do find that I don't, 
I don't, I found myself less interested with the overall story as I did with the individual stories of each doctor. Yes. Um, so I found the ending kind of disappointing in that. But that being said, um, it did have a really like awesome beat at the end with, with like where he's just like, you know, I, <laughs> what something, something to do with like something to do with like a line where the master's just like, oh, you and what army? And he's just like, well, <laughs> you just see all of the doctors behind him. Um, and, and I just, I thought that was a really cool beat. Um, but that, but outside of that, I thought the finale was pretty lackluster. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought the ending was pretty lackluster, but, but it's fine. Cause it wasn't really what I was interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it still ended better than, um, the last multi-doctor team up comic that we got, um, <laughs> the, which ended awful. Yeah. Um, well, what was that? What's that? The Forgotten? The yeah, Forgotten. Something like that. Um, ugh, terrible story. Um, but this, I think, ended okay. It just, it, I don't think that it stood up to everything else that we'd been getting up to this point. Um, <clears throat> yes. but I thought it was fine. Yeah. No, I definitely agree. I think that, um, all that stuff at the end, and I'll make this quick because I know we're running long, but, um, the, all the stuff at the ending was definitely stuff that I was less interested in. Um, the stuff with um the stuff with Adam was was interesting and I like just the revenge plot was really 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 cool. Um mm-hmm. the stuff that I really like like you said the stuff that I really liked most was um like uh the ninth and tenth chapters where it's like the ninth doctor goes up against this guy who's built this grand tomb for himself and seeing the ninth doctor and Rose was really exciting. But like god, tenth doctor Martha and quarks like are they crazy like the Timptons, <laughs> the Timptons did dominators like that's nuts like i was just like yeah. oh you guys are crazy um yeah and like a movie set in the 50s like that was that was a lot of fun and like yeah if the I ending is the lackluster Timptons, it's just because they, i i hope the Timptons are the ones who end up writing the titan ongoing because they're really good they should um because i totally agree um and and i just because i like oh god i love seeing like what they did with them all of the stuff that they did was so nifty and cool and like that like they were never going to live up to the expectation because like for the last bit all you basically had to do was throw 11 doctors into the same room have them punch a couple of things and like i'll be fine like and punch being <laughs> a weird version of that word because everyone kind of gets a line of dialogue and it was all really kind of nice but all of this was just a really great way of just like i just love seeing i don't know anthology stories like i love like it, uh, I I would just love a Doctor Who thing where it was just like every month you just pick up an issue of it and you don't know what doctor and you don't know what companion. You don't know if it's going to be a single issue or a six issue. You just kind of mm-hmm. go and pick it up and do it. Like just a grab bag potpourri Doctor Who comic written by the Tiptons is awesome. Like let's just do it. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it'd be so much fun. It'd be so great. And who knows what you're going to get this week? Are you going to get quarks? I don't know. Check and find out. Quarks. So nuts. Stupid. That story is so bad. And I saw the quarks. I was like, really? You're doing quarks? That was weird. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't wait for you to get to that story and hate it because you're going to hate it. Um, anyways. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Check all right, this out. So this, uh, is, this, is, this is the thing you everyone reading this, mm-hmm. listening to this podcast should check out. Check out all of it. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And if you haven't gotten the uh, the three volumes yet. Then wait for uh, next month because they're putting out a hardcover collection of the whole series. Yeah. Um, so uh, so get that from InStockTrades.com, 45% off. It's nice. Go there, buy some comic books. Um, and that's it. That's the show. Uh, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks uh, to do uh, Blink because that's that's our next thing, David Tennant and Blink. Yeah. Tenth Doctor. That'll Tenth Doctor. Yeah. Um, so we'll be back in a couple of weeks and then uh, and then we'll be weekly again. So um, 
we'll uh we'll talk to you then uh, bye guys bye